0: space for each other create space um and i think like i told you as well like give each other permission in those spaces
1: what's going on everybody i'm glad that you're back we have another dope brother you will get a chance to listen to we have an educator podcaster and activist in philly the topics that we talked about range from black male educators how to safe cry in front of black men and also how black men should create spaces and allow black men to be vulnerable enjoy Host, octavius blount i'm also known as the urban thinker we have another dope brother for you here today good brother if you can introduce yourself please do yeah
0: yo yo um this is marquise davon this american negro keese please don't ever call me mark just don't do that um, <laughs> but educator podcaster and activist here in philly
1: hey brother i want to appreciate you for joining i also want to say I watch you all the time on social media. Um, I know I expressed to you on several occasions of, I love the fact that you say, hey, black man on Instagram. Those Mm -hmm. are the things that I watch in the morning because it gets me uplifted. It keeps me motivated and also keeps my mental good because when you have another brother say, hey, black man, I see you, I love you, I hear you, and it's okay to make mistakes. That's why I enjoy watching it, brother.
0: I appreciate that so much. I received that all the way, for real, for real. Um, I'm always, I, t- I think I told you, I'm like geeked out when people are just like, yeah, no, I'm, this really resonates with me. I'm just like, I'm so happy because sometimes you It's like, is it working? Do people see, feel <laughs> <seen?" laughs> scene?
1: Well, again, brother, I want to thank you for joining. There's a lot of brothers that I know, that you know, that in this circle um, of just mm-hmm. elevating black men's voices and also just expressing themselves in ways that just change the narrative. So I thank you again for joining this platform, mm-hmm. brother.
0: Yeah, no, thank you.
1: All right, we're just going to get a starter, brother. You ready? Yes.
0: All right.
1: What's one one thing you love about being a black man?
0: Nah, um, it's our strength, for real, for real. Um, Like, there's an internal and external strength that I believe we have as black men, and Mm -hmm. everybody in the community is able to acknowledge it. I think we just sometimes struggle with tapping into, like, the different modes of what strength can look like. So that's definitely, like, my favorite thing about being a black man.
1: Okay, and I would say that yeah. I totally agree with that because mainly mm-hmm. people only talk about the outside physical, the outside strength that black men can exude, the muscles, right. the neck, the this, to that. But it's also, at the end of the day, our internal strength and how we bring people in, bring people together. Mm-hmm. That's a strength as well. So I'm right. going to just keep it honest with you. I think one thing that I love about being a black man is how quickly and how good we connect with one another on a basis of, brother, I see you. i see you that's always a thing like you've seen on tiktok instagram and all kind of platforms uh, you go from the head nod to what's up bro no no. hey how you living (laughs) then you go to that handshake then it goes to all kind of things uh right playing video games is just sitting down and talking about a book that you last read so brother Mm -hmm. again that's one thing that i love about being a black man um so for me, I think I love going into the den with people. That's discovery, exploration, and navigation, and it digs yeah. a little bit deeper with the person that I'm talking to. But it also it also helps us build a better relationship as well. Um, so, first question in the den is, when when was the first time you discovered your blackness?
0: Oh, <laughs> um, and it's like a couple pivotal points like hit me for it, mm-hmm. um. So high school literature, I was reading It on a Mountain. And mm-hmm. for that, James Baldwin is, like, one of the first people that, for me, I was just like, oh, this is a black author writing about a black boy's experience. And he's just questioning everything. Yeah. And so for me, I was just like, everybody else was like, all right, why are we reading this? I don't understand it, da 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 But I sat there and was like, no, like, this is great. Like, so James Baldwin and Zora Neale Hurston were, like, some of the first people, because even how Zora um, was writing, um, what is it? Their Eyes Were Watching God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's using AAVE, and people did not like that she was even, like, writing like that. So I remember my classmates being like, "Why? this doesn't sound right, this ain't even English, da 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 And I'm saying, I'm just like, just read it out loud. Like, this is how people speak. It's fine. Like, they're in the South. <laughs> um, but it was that moment in time where I realized, I was like, oh, your lived experience is very different. Mm-hmm. Right? And so... That is definitely like one of those big pivotal moments for me, where I said, "Oh, you, you black." <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, brother. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's that's one thing that we've always, um, as black men or black people, it's always mm-hmm. that one moment. Um, there's a there's a woman at Arcadia University, my alma mater, Dr. Larry. She's always said, "You're going to get that slap in the face." Yes, <laughs> it does. She's- and it will come in
0: different waves. Yep different waves i was in college when trump was elected i i remember it was Mm -hmm. pwi very different space yep said oh y'all really don't care got it
1: (laughs) and i I think that's just the experience of being a black person in the united Mm -hmm. states and being a black man in the united states when you discover Mm -hmm. that you are black and then you have this moment of just like hmm okay I'm feeling yep. it now. That was gonna be <laughs> you very quickly. It's gonna be go very quickly, and I think yeah, I think that's also where we discover our superpower too. Yeah. When we say, "Okay, I'm different in this moment," but how can I bring this different out at all times?
0: Yeah. And I now, and I love that you say that because for me, it was my collegiate experience that made me realize, like. I wanted to like always embrace who I was. And so even getting to college, it was the work 10 times harder to get half as much. And And I was like, when I tell you, I followed the book back to back. I had a job since I was 16. I got to college. I got scholarship. I was a top performer in my class. I (laughs) quite literally did everything I needed to do. Mm -hmm. But when I realized like being the compliant child, being the golden child, and being a black boy on top of that, I was just like, yo, I'm doing everything that I'm, the world is telling me I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I still didn't get what I wanted. Yep. And I said, I ended up conforming. I pulled into respectability. I did the talented 10th. I did all of this. And I realized by 18, to probably till I was 21, it's all a scam. <laughs> and so for me, I really realized, um, I'm going to fully embrace who I am and Mm -hmm. fully embrace the complexities of my humanity. And whether that's me giving space to other people, it's me having my own podcast. Mm -hmm. That was a space where I never needed to compromise. And so whether I'm in a professional space or if I'm in my own world, the things I've seen me get most rewarded for have always been the thing that I personally created and didn't have to compromise. Whereas Mm -hmm. like other people found their accomplishments through having to conform or having to placate or having to sacrifice or mm-hmm. bite their tongue too much. I'm no longer in that space. And sometimes, you know, I'm about to be 28. So now they're just like, all right, Marquis, I don't know if you can keep doing this, right. like burn everything down. But like, for me, um, I'm really big on like my identity was so important in, in forming. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to have to go back to a space where I'm going to do this thing. And there's nothing on the other side for me.
1: Mm. Yeah. I-, I heard you say embrace, um, but I also heard you say conform. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I do want to figure out how did you explore those feelings of I'm going to embrace what I'm going through, but I'm not going to conform as a black man.
0: Yeah, it, it was difficult because people people were used to me showing up in one way. If I'll be mm-hmm. fully honest, and so like any of those spaces, they'll they'll tell you I was always at work. I was always. In a professional space, in college space, like, there has not been moments where I'm just like, yeah, here's best kind of downtime. Mm. And so when I finally decided that, like, actually, I'm not laughing at this joke, it's not funny. Actually, I'm not going to give you the time of day. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to grow my hair out because I want to, but I've always been told, like, hey, this is unprofessional. So even when I first started growing my hair out, it was a declaration where I realized my presentation dictated how people were ultimately going to treat me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to grapple with the fact that, like, the nature of my relationships with certain people would change. Professional spaces would change. But also, like, I I didn't have to code switch as much anymore. I was just like, I but I do this for? I'm still capable of doing my job, whether I have a fro or a bandana on, or if I had a Caesar, one all the way around. Like, that does not take away from, like, my intellect. It doesn't take away from my ability to just be humanized, right? Okay. And so, like, I embraced myself as an act of rebellion, um, but in that act of rebellion, it changed the way that people would interact with me, how people would see me. They were like, oh, Marquise, do you think it's a culture fit? Like, that's an interesting hairstyle choice now. And I'm sitting there, I'm just like, yellow white? I don't care! But then, I got it from my aunties and uncle, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. they're from down south, so yeah. there's, a, like, South Carolina, they're, there's a particular look and image, and mm-hmm. so when I am absolutely going, pushing against all this stuff, there are questions around like, well, you might not get a job if you get a tattoo. Well, you might not get a job if you grow your hair out this way. I don't know what y'all are doing with hair now. And I'm sitting there in my mind, I'm like, y'all went through the 80s. Y'all, yeah. y'all went through the black revolutionary phase. Like, afros were a thing, mm-hmm. right? And so it's just interesting to see like how they dictate what success can look like or how you can achieve success mm-hmm. by altering who you are. And- I get it. It works for some people, and it got me a four-year degree, right? Um, But in reality, it's just me internally. I didn't feel good about it. and So I had to um, reject the conformity, but also embrace the newness of relationships, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And expectation.
1: I (laughs) I feel like... I feel you, because there's a... I've never had... Like, my hair grew out, never had. It's just uh, mm-hmm. I was always quiet, but I was observant. Yep. <laughs> I, then, feel, you. I feel you. I feel you. When I spoke out, people was like, oh, he really know what he's talking about. But it's like, no, I'm paying attention to everybody in the room. I am the only black person in this room. Yes. How can I be an advocate for everybody that look like me, but they're mainly black men? Right. And how do I not adjust to you?
0: Right. Will make you
1: hear me <laughs> and understand yep. what I'm saying or understand what I'm going through. Because I can be mm-hmm. upset in this moment and you can say, well, you're just angry. It's like, no, I'm upset at what's yes. happening. It can be my racism class that I've had at Arcadia or Bryn Mawr for social work. You can right all the situations. I'm either the only one or I might be the black man in the room. You may have black women yep. in the room. And I've right. always expressed myself in ways where I just said, you know what? I can't be quiet no more. Mm-hmm. COVID also brought that out as well. Yep, <laughs> I can't be quiet yep. anymore. There's things going on with black men. Yep. I'm upset. How can I not internalize it? Mm-hmm. I had you in the back of my mind too. Hey, black man, what you going to do now? So that's, that's where I get that, yeah. vibe, that whole, hey, black man, hey, like, You're not just talking to black men. It's also, I feel like it's also an internal conversation.
0: I'm glad you caught that. No, seriously, like, anybody who knows me, they know I'm big into, like, journaling. So Mm -hmm. I always got one of them with me. There's two more over there next to my bed. And, like, (laughs) look, you know. (laughs) But it's true, because, like, I need my own reminders. And I'm somebody, I didn't realize how, like, words of affirmation were important to me and I primarily need to start learning, I had to start learning how to affirm myself and mm. like, it's okay to embrace your mistakes. It's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay to like, experience this breath of emotions and mm. so my hey black man are normally like, I don't even like, pre-record that content, right? Okay. Like, whatever I'm feeling that moment, I today I said, I appreciate having my mornings back. Like, I was getting up in the morning, got 5.15, I was getting ready for work, kind of rushed around to go get my coffee and get ready, leave the house by 6.45, 7.30, get to work, teach until five, get home until 5.15, like that, that's a 12-hour day. <laughs> and it yeah. keeps going. And then on top of that, we're content creators. So that's mm-hmm. an extra couple hours, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so I had realized like, this is also something I also learned from therapy, like mm-hmm. used to just be journals. But now I kind of translated some of my voice notes into the Hey, Black Man series. And that's what it was. I never thought to like listen back to my own voice. Even as a podcast, you would think like, all right, you just do some audio diaries. Right. (laughs) But no, um, Hey, Black Man became an audio diary for myself. But Mm. also, and I'm not even like super religious, but like the idea of bearing witness to somebody else, Mm -hmm. um, do this thing, gives permission. And I think I will probably get into it later, but I think that's a lot of what like, black men are looking for is permission to be and we yes. just haven't had that yet. Yes. And so that's how I hope to like utilize my platform It's just it's like look I'm doing it. We're here. <laughs> you can do it I'm too. Black <laughs> man this is what you see. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: I, I love that. I, I really do. I love that and that's why I love watching your content. Because oh, I appreciate it's like, that so much. I see what you're doing and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know the effect that it can have on another person. So I'm, a, I'm giving you your flowers now. And giving you your flowers now means a lot to me. So in this space of being a black man, mm-hmm. not conforming to society, being able to embrace the feelings that you're going through, I don't know if there were black men. I know you said your aunts and your uncles. Um, were there any black men or family members? that supported you or helped you navigate this world as a black man?
0: Oh. <laughs> okay. So growing up, not necessarily, because I didn't grow up with my father. I only met my dad three, four years ago now. I'll be 28, yeah, so four years ago. Okay. Um, and so the first person, so two people right away um, my pop-pop, Leroy, he didn't even know he, like, did anything, and it's never been, like, it was never an intentional conversation, but, like, he used to take me for my summers and we used to go fishing, and then we I would help him out around the house, and so we would get up, he'd make breakfast, have his westerns on, and then we go through the routine of, like, cleaning up some pieces of the house, and then we go out fishing for a couple of hours, and that, to me, was just, like, the first time I've learned the value of, like, patience and stillness first. Um, and discipline. Mm. And then my coach Lenny, I played basketball. Did not love basketball. I really just want to sit there and play my cello yeah. and get back to theater. <laughs> but um, I played basketball for a few years, and my coach Lenny was like amazing, right? Like he took me under his wing and he took me to the gym. I was going to him every other night with him. I was up in the morning practicing my free throws because, you know, 6'2. In teenage years, I was a good center, okay? Not anymore. I'm more like a point guard. But but he taught me the value of, like, working towards something and understanding what it means to, like, achieve this thing as a team. So early on, it had to be um, those two black men in particular. But later in life, it became my circle, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, the black – it didn't become the older black people. It was the people that I was in school with, in college with um, – Langston, uh, Rob, Miles, and Al, and we all just like banded us together. But right away, they were people I was safe crying in front of. And mm. for us to do that was very different. But sharing like those moments of being also held accountable, too. And so, like, their love, it wasn't something I was always used to. and other words, we're actually used to seeing that come from each other. Mm. Um, but we all looked and they'd be like, yo, oh, Marquise, yeah, that was foul. Like, you got to apologize for what you said there. And I'd be yeah. like, Nah, because the way I love that... Nah. Um, I can't be wrong. What are you talking about? Right? Um, but they helped me embrace that. And it's still like an ongoing thing. But um, to have people my age who are going through that was the real value that came from me. Other than that, like, the people I learned from were books that I've read. The autobiography of Malcolm X is the thing that, like, changed how I operate. I, I, he's right in your background. Yeah. Um, James Baldwin and August Wilson were the people that, like, I looked under. I looked to when they were discussing masculinity and manhood and embracing these emotions and learning the complexities of who we are. Like, I had to read to find that those times until I got to college and had my boys around me. And then early age, my papa, Leroy, and Coach Lee, who were the older gentlemen. So, yeah.
1: Okay. I'm glad that you took me on that journey, brother. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> glad because... You show me a different way because I didn't know that um, me reading James Baldwin, Malcolm X, uh, Marcus Garvey, and all the kind of books yeah. that you can read, yeah. that you're learning from them as well. So I thank you mm-hmm. for adding that to my repertoire oh. as well. Yeah, <laughs> because you can have and then the, the analogy with fishing. Never even thought about it like that. I just thought, yeah. these fish taking too long. <laughs>
0: But it (laughs) takes so long. But when I tell you, my pop-pop stayed with me right on my desk. Pop-pop Leroy. He taught me the value.
1: (laughs) And that's what what I loved about um, the analogy. You said he taught you about patience. Yeah. And as black men, mentally, we have to be patient (laughs) and take those steps we need to take in order to succeed. And I'm glad that you um, expressed the brothers that you met in college because that's Mm. also another way that black men can learn from another person, and quickly. That's how I... my best friend. I was his best man in his wedding. Mm-hmm. I met him in college. Yeah, a hall meeting. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny it's though, because like you
0: realize, like college is a space where you no longer you can quite literally shed expectations of anybody you had to be growing up. Yeah, like college was a time where I said, "Oh, I get to praise. Oh, this. <laughs> You don't have an expectation of who I was for the last 18 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And I have friends I grew, I might have the same friends since middle school.
1: Yeah.
0: So like yep. to go to college, they saw like you, ex- you're embracing the new, but you're also able to like try things you've never tried before. You're able to explore new things, but you see some, you're so vulnerable in that space. And so mm-hmm. they get to see you, whether you're doing it on purpose or not, you're sharing that vulnerable space of being new to a spot right mm-hmm. and you're gonna spend your next four years there
1: yep I th- yeah i think that's one thing that i've um always valued is my friendships because i'm a very loyal individual when it comes mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes down to my family and my close friends i mm-hmm. say close and i i put it it my close friends yeah. are the ones that like you said you safe cry in front of Mhm. Those are the ones that that see the vulnerable Octavius. They're the ones that says Octavius, you know you you nervous, right? Like, no, I'm not. No, I can see it. Like when I was uh <laughs> when I was trying to date my wife at the point at the time, um I told my friend I was like, "Bro, I'm nervous to talk to her." <laughs> and I'm a talker. Like right. I, I like to be outside, I like to do this, I like to do that, but I was nervous to talk to her. Cause it's like, I'm stepping into a space of this is an independent black woman. She's Mm -hmm. very smart. Mm -hmm. She knows what she's doing. So, okay, let's, let's step your game up Octavia. Let's, let's figure out how we can do this and not be nervous. But then I always had in the back of my mind, my uncles, (laughs) the black men that always said, just be yourself. If she don't like the person that you are, that's not, that may not be the person for you. Um, but she expressed that she liked who I was. Mm-hmm. I was able to hold conversations, but allow her to be quiet in some moments. Right. So hearing you talk about being in spaces and saying, you know what? I need to safe cry in front of my homies right now. But then they also check you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Those are people that, that you need to keep and hold on to. And I, I, yeah, I yeah. appreciate you for saying that. Cause that word safe cry" I've never heard it before.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, i love it it's <laughs> safe <laughs>
0: it's real yeah. and, it, and it's really how like a lot of my politic rose too right like i'm a level on black men but i'm also not gonna like deny the crap that we also do as well because yeah. i don't think that's fair to like lean on one side because i know we want to overcorrect but in that space of overcorrection there's no balance for us to be flawed and yeah. the world doesn't allow us to be flawed And our community don't allow us to be flawed, but we also don't want to actually have to deal with like, oh, I actually might've just caused harm, right? And so it's like a weird moment of just like, and I know I always got to go through it with my students. They're like, Miss Richards, I feel like you're always like this feminist dude. I'm just like, because feminism is actually trying to help us, but it's just a matter of like how we employ it at times. I'm just like, this allows us to rethink because it's steeped in community first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm just like, love and community requires accountability and affirmations at the same time. And if we're not Mm -hmm. like putting those things together, I just don't know if we're really able to genuinely progress because conflict is natural, but we don't know how to navigate that conflict portion Mm -hmm. without us fully shut down. And that's the space where like, I hope that we can get to believing like believing the best in each other and not assuming that I'm preying on your downfall and like just normalizing that behavior and that concept more for us Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be like a failure is fatal a mistake is fatal a mess is fatal this is actually just a natural part of life you just don't have the tools to navigate it
1: Hey, I hope y'all listening (laughs) (laughs) this brother is is dropping gems and I think that I feel like this is a brother I never had (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm being being very honest with you because this is how I speak to a black man. Mm -hmm. And then hearing it from another black man is like, he gets it. Yeah. (laughs) He gets it. (laughs) And I thank you. Um, So I do want to ask you, because I know you said content creator, advocate, podcaster, teacher. Mm -hmm. You wear a lot of hats. You wear a lot of hats. So how do you represent your identities when you walk into a room? Do you wear all of them? Do you wear certain ones? Are you always Marquise? How do you represent yourself in, in uh, various
0: ways? Yeah, so for me, Marquise is always going to be at the forefront. Like even in classrooms, it's Mr. Keise, it's not Mr. Richards. I feel like that's I'm like, that's a little formal for me. I don't like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but for me, every time I walk into a space and they'll see like you'll see the tattoo. It says create, educate, liberate. Mm. And so like as long as I'm able to like be doing that no matter what space I walk into creating new ideas if there's a space of education, I can do that I do that with my content I do that in my profession mm-hmm. even in the music event that I throw in Philly like it's still like music analysis it's critique. it's how do we like build this piece in so those um, spaces normally I'm gonna it's gonna be me fully there. You're gonna hear the cackle, you're gonna see the side eye you're gonna <laughs> see <the laughs> um, all of me. I think the space is like I found myself and it's still like I grapple with it because you have to also think around showing up as your full self also has unintended consequences as well Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so like I had to go through a moment where like I was being a very blunt person in a work meeting Mm -hmm. but while I was like being blunt and in my mind I was trying to help I actually like upset a really close friend of mine right um and they were just like i just don't know how you were able to say that out loud and like didn't think that this would negative impact everybody and so those were those moments where though i showed up as my full self and though i was being honest my full self still means that somebody can get harmed even if that's not my intent mm. right and so it's a difficult question for me because i stand firm i'm like i do not ever want to have to like Go back into this conformity or having to like show up in a specific way to make sure that everybody feels comfortable.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I can also understand like the unintended consequences that may come along with that and how that can rub people the wrong way. Um, but circling back and just letting them know, like, nah, this is it's still not my intent, but I still have to own the impact that landed. And so I, I it's complicated because mm-hmm. I will still show up as a full self. Yeah. But I think I'll be. Depending on the person, I mince my words, depending on the nature of the relationship most times, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it makes
1: makes sense. Um, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You get it. You get it. it. Because it's it's like, (laughs) I only do it with two people, though. (laughs) I I choose my words wisely with my wife and my mom. Sometimes, sometimes it's. It's just I'm my mother's child. No. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> I feel you so much. That's me, and my family.
0: We we do not hold <laughs> punches back, so I'm so used to just being like we can be blunt.
1: Right. If I feel a certain way, I'm going to tell you. Yes. Like it's not my intent to hurt your feelings. It's, you hurt mine. Right. Like, I don't appreciate that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. And it's like with my wife. I know my wife is. Um, She's an introvert. She, can also, she mm-hmm. doesn't like conflict. So it's like, okay, let me figure out how to say this. But then also sometimes it's like, oh, sometimes I got to say this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I understand when you say it's complicated when you have to, in your mind, say, okay, this this person, this person, is a person I really love. I appreciate them. I understand where they come yeah. from. Hopefully they understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, and that's and what not, it is I'm sometimes. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying. I'm irritated. I'm upset. I got to say this. Because it's not, if I hold it, it's not going to come out the way it should.
0: Right. And that's and that's like such a hard piece to navigate because I'd be sitting there, I'm just like, I really want to say this right now. Yeah. But the part, and it's funny, the same friend said, what happens when you tell a person what, you, what you're thinking? Like, mm-hmm. is there a moment where it doesn't, you don't need mm-hmm. to say anything and you yeah. can just let this thing pass? Um, and like by revealing whatever your truth is, how does the other person have to carry that? Are you doing this for yourself? Are you doing this for the other person? Are you maintaining the relationship? Are you just like, you gonna get this through and through? And so that's also the other piece to like navigate when you're like, nah, we're in a close relationship together. And I wanna say this, but I'm learning to like, I'm understanding myself mm-hmm. and I don't like to feel like I'm being blamed for something. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so even when I'm thinking around how I navigate conflict, I have to have a plan to ensure that this thing does not happen again. Mm-hmm. I identify this thing that I was feeling. How do we not feel this way again? Yeah. Or at least manage to not feel this way again and do our best. I don't care if you hit me with a I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care if you hit me with a I'm messed up. Yeah. I don't care. What are you doing so this uh, I need to see it? explicit plan and change in behavior Mm -hmm. because whereas like my boy he's just like no i actually just want you to take accountability and for me that doesn't seem like that's enough because i'm just like i'm gonna apologize but it's simply some people just want to hear you saying i made you feel this way and i have to own that and that's on me Mm -hmm. i'll do better next time yeah and that's enough for some people mm-hmm. i'm not used to doing that because me and my family's always like the planners so yeah. <laughs> like all right great so next time we just don't do this make sure this dish isn't in the sink when mom gets home like that's how we operate mm-hmm. um but other people don't operate that same way so yeah. i think that's been a other space yeah
1: i, I totally understand i do want to um ask you this question because i know you talked about mm-hmm. i love the tattoo by the way um, oh, thank you that says create educate and liberate so when you, when you talk about those three things that you do with within yourself, within whatever mm-hmm. room you walk into, there's expectations that you may have on yourself, your students mm-hmm. may have on you, and then also whoever, whoever is in that room, when you walk, when Marquise right. walks into the room, they're like, hmm, never seen him before. Now, I have assumptions. So, with society, how do you overcome uh, societal expectations as a black man? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like not just in myself, I'm making a meme. Like, I played the cello growing up. I left basketball to go do theater and dance, right? Like, my Mm -hmm. existence in itself has always been just like a, I don't understand. Even when my kids met me, like, they're just like, you know, you're kind of like an Erica Badu guy, you know? You kind of, you're always, like, asking around, like, our feelings and talking around, right? And so, like, to them, this was, like, new, right? Mm -hmm. And so, <laughs> a lot of the time, like, I feel like I'm also like pushing against like expectations of people being queer but masculine presenting pushes against people. They're just like, wait, I'm, I don't, it doesn't make sense. I don't get how this works. I said, mm-hmm. you just kind of like go through it. And yeah. so, for me, it's really just been a space of, I'm going to indulge in the things that I love. I'm I'm a reader. I'm an avid drinker of coffee. Mm-hmm. I love conversation. You see me in college. I always had a coffee and a newspaper in hand, like just keeping up with everything. Mm-hmm. So like I've kind of always had to embrace me because I've had to do this since I stopped playing basketball, yeah. right? I and I learned this. What, what I started playing basketball in fifth grade and played for five years after that, summer league, AAU, School ball, mm-hmm. all of this like I was playing all the time, but I told my mom, I was like, Yo, I actually don't love this. Mm-hmm. I only do this because this is my connection with you. Mm-hmm. And so, for me at 14 and 15 to recognize, like, I'm not doing this because I want to do it, I'm doing this because I want to connect you with my mom, yeah. but I want my mom to have the connection with me through the things that truly bring me to life. Yep. And that's dance, that's theater, that's my cello. And so, I think early on, I've always kind of been like, gotta just take me for who I am and yeah. it might not make sense to you but just appreciate that it makes me happy
1: hmm. I don't know if I hear a book um, but I hear embrace me a lot yes. from you yeah. I, also, I also hear a book because when you talked about um, expressing yourself in ways and you just say I'm just me but when you said embrace me that can mean so many things Mm-hmm. Embrace who I am. Embrace what you see, but at yep. the end of the day, embrace me. Hug me, please. <laughs> Hug me. <Okay>. Enjoy <laughs> me. I yes, think that's one thing that I've he- that I've heard throughout this conversation from you. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. It's it's a thing that black men one don't say out loud. It's something that we want. It's something that we expect. And it's something that we think about. Yeah, <laughs> we it's get upset so all the time. much of it. We just want to hug. <laughs> That's <a, laughs> i they.
0: I don't even know if I had my. I had a award as like the hugger helper or the person to go to whenever you need like a good hug. Yeah, and like they will let you know. Like at my job, and I worked at an all boys high school, mm-hmm. and so to see these boys, average twenty to twenty two boys every single morning before they had our class. They said, Mr. Richards, I just need a hug. Can I get a hug? The administration already knew if Mr. Richards is absent, I just give him a quick text. Cool, great. But they knew like kids would come to my class to get a hug before they went to their first period. Mm-hmm. And so like those are moments where when you're in a space that's hyper-focused on black boys in our mm-hmm. development, to mm-hmm. see somebody who embraces you, and the thing that really got me was during graduation when one of the seniors and he wasn't he was never my student right but he walked by and we just had like random conversation he was just like i just need to let you know mr richards like you telling me have a great day how you live in have a great day on purpose Mm -hmm. giving me a hug uplifting me like i was going through it this year but every single morning i got that from you and it got me through my day and I'm a crybaby. So I was like, oh, man, yeah. But it just, for him, he needed that. Mm-hmm. And we just don't realize like how much of them like need this kind of space a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or they don't know how to articulate it. And oh. I'm big on teaching social emotional learning. Mm-hmm. I taught a black masculinity seminar for my students. And so really getting them to expand what... Masculinity can look like getting able, being able to embrace a femininity, mm-hmm. uh, the things we assign with femininity more so like your emotions, your social interactions, all of this, and allowing them to just be like, yeah, I'm actually insecure about this stuff. Mm. I actually need someone who can advocate for me. I have kids, kids boys who experience body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. but they never talk around their body image issues because there's an expectation that you should just deal with it. Yeah. And boys aren't having these issues. But I'm watching it run rampant in a school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so these are things I think about as I interact, as I think around like what this means to like not only embrace me, but embrace other people and meet them where they're at. I might not always have the capacity to meet you where you're at because I'm just, like if you just don't get your crap together. <laughs> and the other piece is like having that patience and learning that muscle yeah. to just be like great I know what you're trying to articulate let me actually help you get there mm. or let's walk through this together to mm. achieve what you want to go to
1: mm.
0: yeah, mm.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I know you i know you work at um at Boys Latin, and yeah hearing you say you work with black boys yeah and also seeing the content as you do yeah just puts it up to another for me it puts it up to another level because that's my pride and joy Mm -hmm. black men and boys how can we change the narrative elevate them empower them Mm -hmm. support them in expressing themselves and engage them in ways that'll be better for them so now you you just heard the e4 model that i have and i just got i gotta ask you this question because you work with black boys yeah (laughs) you may work with black men how do you want people to perceive Black men and boys in this world? Oh. I had to. <laughs> nah.
0: Cause, no, because it's so, it's so, that's such an important question, right? Like, I want the world to see Black men and Black boys for the humanity, for the softness, for the gentleness, for the strength, mm-hmm. right? Because we don't get to witness that. The reason people don't want to embrace these black men and these black boys is because no one knows no one's ever witnessed how to do it healthily no one has ever witnessed how to do this in a way that actually is meaningful and so we're all just like well so and so ain't and that -that ain't and that right but the thing is there are moments where you're like yeah there is a through line of something that happened in these particular experiences that we have caused harm as black men Mm -hmm. the other piece too is recognizing like that shouldn't be the dominant narrative either yeah but we also don't know how to switch that narrative because I know I'm about to get into a quick, Go ahead. quick walk with me. <laughs> um, I'm I'm right but it's like, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> but it's like we also struggle to like meet those expectations ourselves because masculinity and manhood tells us we have to be one way because that's what gets us power. That's what keeps us protected. That's what keeps us safe. And so having to navigate walking, I live in North Philly, having to navigate in North Philly It's very different because they have a very different lived experience, but this is the lived experience that keeps them surviving a day later, another day, another day, another day. And it might not be the ways that we deem as socially acceptable all the time, but it is something to say around, like, you have to navigate masculinity a very different way than I do, Mm -hmm. right? I'm an educator. That's already a disruption because I'm in a job that requires me to be nurturing, right? Yeah. Nurturing is not assigned to man <laughs> masculinity, um, so you look at it like that. Uh, but for us, the same thing that we want to hold on to the patriarchy, this idea of masculinity, is the same thing that protects us, let yet kills us at the same time. There's a reason we're committing suicide at higher rates than everybody mm-hmm. else. There's a reason that when you get to end of life, a lot of nurses are saying black men are by themselves. Mm-hmm. Men are by themselves. On their deathbeds yeah like there's no community around them and that to me is, like one of my biggest fears i don't i said i don't want to die alone mm. <laughs> right getting to end of life and realizing like my i clung on to masculinity so much that it pushed so many people away mm. or is this one version of masculinity pushed so many people away because yeah. i was told that and so i'm not willing to embrace this because i don't want be seen as weak Other people don't know how to handle me if I am to start crying or if I am to say, yo, you hurt me, Mm -hmm. without them reacting in a way that forces me to go back into a show and be like, this is why I don't express my feelings. Y'all just weaponize it against me. And so it's just so complicated and, like, nuanced. But, like, if we can start just building those blocks to recognize, like, yo, I'm experiencing feelings the same way you can. Mm -hmm. I'm experiencing disappointment. I'm experiencing anger and anger is a valid emotion. Yeah. You can go underneath what's in that anger too but I just don't know if society and the social norms that we've been fed throughout all of these years allow anybody to truly and genuinely engage with like oh, I appreciate when you like share your feelings. Nah, because this also means that you probably don't think datable, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You think I'm too soft for it. Right? And so when we look at work how we should show up Dating, how we should show up, all of this. Raising mm-hmm. boys and how we should show up. There's so many rules that they that we have to follow as men. Right? We can't even do everyday things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. hugging each other, eating food. We can't walk a certain way. We can't do any Like we're policing ourselves consistently. So we're always here, which mm-hmm. forces us to be stoic, which forces us to be by ourselves, which means we don't embrace community. Um, and... Ultimately, we're angry and we miss our anger to everybody else because you said I have to be this way in order to be successful, but I'm still miserable. Yes. Stop selling me a lie. Mm. So I do hope that the world understands that black men. Well, I want for black men, do not embrace that lie of what manhood is supposed to look like. (laughs) Also, for the world, I want you to perceive us as somebody who is worth who's worthy of exploring other emotions, somebody who is worthy of. And I'm not begging for you to, like, see me. But I do need you to embrace me because we are also all in this community together. So, yeah, long winded, but it was needed. It It felt complicated. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I was walking with you. Hopefully, everybody Mm -hmm. else was because that's a long walk for people to take. Let me just be very honest. That's a long walk Mm -hmm. for people to understand black men because, like you said in the beginning, our strength, our pull power Mm -hmm. to bring us together, but then also the power of black women to (laughs) keep us focused. Right. And how, how strong that is. That's very strong. Amazing. And when, now, when you have your full community behind you and y'all are walking together, it's a little different. It is different. And that's, it is that's different. A, that's a scary sight. That's why I said, How do you want society to perceive black men? Because that's how mm-hmm. I see black men. That's how I know you see yeah. black men. So, mm-hmm. mm, I feel like this next question, we're going to go on another journey with this question. I feel like. Yeah. um Based on um, your experiences, teaching, being a content creator, having your own podcast, um, producing podcasts as well. I know that's mm-hmm. what you do. I watch you, brother. And then I appreciate you. I appreciate just you. Just being a black man in general. Um, what's one thing you think black men can do to grow together?
0: Oh, one thing black men can do to grow together space for each other create space um, and I think like I told you as well like give each other permission in those spaces to simply be I think we're so scared of that and scared of being because we've never had to like handle the emotions or manage these emotions that we don't know what to do when we get there and so I'm just like when I experienced fear and being scared I didn't know what to do and so my body just broke out into a sweat rather than being like when i feel this i need this Mm -hmm. right um and so i think that's what it is find spaces or create those spaces with your even if it's like two or three of your boys create those spaces create those norms because once you start doing that with your boys it'll just show up in your every single day life it becomes skin nature that's your muscle memory Other people want to model it after you. And so, like, I think, once again, as long as we keep bearing witness to our fullness of our humanity, we're going to be so much better for it.
1: Mm. I've said this to other brothers. I'm quiet whenever I ask that question. Mm -hmm. I think you noticed because I want people to hear you. (laughs) And I want people to listen because as black men, we can grow together. Mm-hmm. We just have to figure out how, because yeah. there's different black men in this world and we can't we're not a monolith like we always say, but we're, we're also not. not a monolith when we're talking to one another <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. look
0: and it's so it's it's wild well i I tell you the craziest part of college was really understand this is the first time I'm meeting like middle and upper class black people for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I've never ex- experienced that before. I'm originally from Reading, PA, mm-hmm. um, and so to like see that difference of like lived experience, I'm looking at my mom. I'm just like, you're sitting there complaining. You got a whole freaking driveway, a separate house, three floors. Like, what are you complaining about? They mean you money. What What are you complaining about, right? Mm-hmm. But then problems are just different. Mm-hmm. Do I still not care as much sometimes when like people who have like resources be complaining? I'd be like, all right, shut up. All right, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. It is understanding, like, the different lived experiences. Somebody from down south is very different from somebody in New York versus somebody um, on the west coast. Mm-hmm. And But this here, all of these different black experiences allowed me to, like, have more grace to an extent with other people while also still honoring my own experience at the same time. But mm-hmm. you get to learn how people navigate and why some people may make decisions whether you agree or disagree with them. Mm. Yeah.
1: I'm a... Mm, okay. We can move on, cause <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, cause I I want people to I want people the experience that I'm getting right now, and the experience yeah. that I have while I'm on social media watching your content. I want people to know more about you, um, and this oh, is a space dude. for you. Um, I'm just gonna elevate you now, elevate your work, elevate yourself. Anything that you got going on, this is time for you to do it, brother.
0: Look, you don't gotta tell me twice. Um, no, nah, I appreciate it. For like, seriously, the space is so it's really just heartwarming. Um, but yeah, so you can listen to my podcast, "This American Negro." That's everywhere. It's my way to bridge academia and the hood. So I'll take complex topics, essays, but connect it to a pop culture movement moment, or like just chill out with it, just so everybody, so the people on the stoop, but also academia, can all like have this information together. Um, so that's this American Negro. That's the audio podcast. Um, keeping it a bean. We're revamping, so we'll be back. Uh, but it's gonna be a little bit a lot looser. You're gonna see Marquise just embracing intellectualizing some mess, enjoying some like talks with friends and people that I just really enjoy. Um, so a lot more laid back is keeping it a bean uh, with Marquise over oh, a cup of coffee because why? Um, do due, due diligence, another event that I throw and that's to get local musicians. Um, to dissect their work, just the same way that we do Beyonce, Hove, Kendrick, there are people in Philly who are doing that same level of work, creating conceptual projects, strong projects, and I believe like let's break down theme, let's break down lyricism, production choices, creative process, like really get what the artist's intent was before we digest it as consumers. Um, I'm really big on on that piece too, so I do co-host that with Val Moore, and we. Um, are now partnered with our house, a community nonprofit up in um, Germantown as well. So it's just really dope to gather community together um, once every other month. So July 27th will be the next one that we'll be hosting. I'm super excited about it. Um, And we last piece is like we always do a social impact model. And so every single time you buy a ticket, you also get 10% 10 of your ticket sale goes to here in Philly. That's going to work with music or literacy programs. Um, for here in Philly as well and so those are um, the couple of projects I'm working on um, I have produced the hung up pod so that'll be coming back soon I'm excited for that um, yeah and then just be on the lookout when these mugs drop again so <laughs>
1: <laughs> where can uh, people follow you? Instagram, Twitter, uh, where, where can we catch you at?
0: ooh Instagram, Twitter TikTok, I am a man of the Twitch streets though so Marquise Davon that's M-A-R-Q-U-I-S-E D-A-V-O-N um catch me there every single day every single morning (laughs) greeting our people
1: (laughs) hey brother i want to thank you for joining us i want to say brother i love you i appreciate you i love your voice i love the fact that you're working with black boys and building up the next generation because we need Mm -hmm. more black male educators let me just throw that out there you heard that (laughs) i heard that (laughs) get more of us (laughs) um hashtag we need more um okay again i want to thank you for being on this platform for sharing your story um if if y'all got some things to plug too i'm not gonna sit here and not plug some stuff Uh, um so you can check out my website octaviusblount.com we have a lot of things going up urban thinker uh audio network we also have two podcasts we have the middle brother podcast we have the black man express show we also have the ob shop The OB shop, merch that we have right here. Black boys deserve to be loved right here. We have merch all over the place now. Um, So if you want to get it, you got to get it now. I also want to say you can catch us at the next time with another brother. Another dope brother here on the Middle Brother Podcast. Peace.